everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff. Joining me, as always, from the much cooler part of the country is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome back. How you doing, bud? Hey, I appreciate you calling this place cooler because, I mean, we did come up with grunge music and, um, uh, you know, we're pretty cool still. We, we don't wear the flannels as much, but uh, we're, we're cool. Most people don't as much <laughs> unless they're a lumberjack. And that's okay. I was going to say, and we appreciate every lumberjack that tunes in. If you're a lumberjack, you're okay. See, I'm th- a little, uh, little yeah. very subtle, very subtle reference well, there. We'll see. We'll see who gets it. Many of our listeners sleep all night and they work all day. <laughs> and they work so. all day, yes. All right. So it's been, I'm not going to lie, it's been an up and down week the last week. To our knowledge, knock on wood, no Hall of Famers have passed away in the last week. Which is the first time in like a month. Yeah, now we're recording this a couple of days before we release it, so hopefully that stands true. Mm-hmm. We First of all, we've got a great show. We have got a jam-packed show, first of all. We've got a guest. We've got former Major Leaguer Chris Snelling has joined us. Former, I, I know him mainly as a Mariner. I think most people, if, if they remember who he uh, who he played for, it's Seattle, most definitely. He also played Wax Packs Heroes with us, but we have got a lot of stuff here, including, unfortunately, we'll we'll get to it in a little bit here, a trip to the kangaroo court, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. But a lot of stuff I want to talk about, Mark, first before we get there. We've got trivia, some anniversary kind of stuff as well, but it's been a rough week. Just a lot of memories that have popped up on on the social media timeline that I have had a hard time dealing with this last week. It was the anniversary last week of Derek Jeter making the play versus the A's. Oh, Lord. Uh, So that That was just all over the. You know, I watched that video, though, many times just because it was there. I think of Giambi slides. I am still not certain that he is safe. Really? I am not. I can't say for sure. I mean, I, I think he might have been safe standing up. I don't, I'm not sure that the tag was actually there. But I think if he slides, I, I'm not sure that he's safe. Water under the bridge, I'm going to let it go. After that, though, a couple days after that, anniversary of Kirk Gibson walking off Dennis Eckersley in 1988 at Dodger Stadium. Man, yeah, that's a rough one. That's a really rough one yeah. for A's fans. Yeah, another one. And then today is actually... The anniversary of the Dodgers finishing off the A's in 1988. And, and coincidentally, <laughs> also the anniversary of the Reds completing the sweep of the A's in the World Series in 1990. So it's just been a really rough week for A's fans in terms of memories. Yeah. Uh, as a Mariners fan, I feel horrible for you. Anyway. <laughs> All those World Series memories. Um, yeah. But you know what? The Astros lost. So that that is... That, Ask me about 2020, and it's been a just a ridiculously awful year. But the you know it's starting to turn around. Astros are eliminated. I uh, you know by being the only person outside of the city of Houston that was pulling for the Astros, um, you know I can't really complain a whole lot because I'm not going to get a lot of sympathy. You're not. <laughs> All right, so two and one stirrups. I want to talk about this before uh, before we get to our debut segment. We, I think we have made our feelings clear about two and one stirrups. The, the, I believe so. The socks that have the, the stripe sewn up the side so players don't have to put on the sanitaries and then the stirrups. And we ask all our former players that we talk about what they wore. They get, we've gotten some good answers from them. So, my question, Mark, here is do you know who was the first team to wear two and one stirrups and when? I do not know. 
Um, but it's, it's a terrible thing to have happened. Yeah. So, I mean, we open wax packs during our wax packs heroes segment, thusly, I think that's why we called it wax packs heroes, but we minus ascent if you're wearing those two in ones. And normally we'll say, okay, this is a, an 89 pack. You're probably not going to have a lot of two in ones. I always just assume two and one started out around 1980, maybe 89, maybe probably 1990 closer. Would you believe yeah. that the 1977 Astros were the first team to wear two and one stirrups? Oh, she's great. No, more great history for my franchise. Yeah. So actually, in not, 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 I think I just, I'm going to have to find myself there. It was 1976, 19, not 1977. So this is from an article from Dick Young that appeared in the New York Daily News, December 12th, 1975. Quote, quite a few teams are buying a new type of baseball hose from the Rydell Company. It's one piece eliminating the white sanitary hose with stirrups woven into the two-tone design so that hot dog players can't pull them up extremely high, end quote. Oh my gosh. Okay, they had no idea the, the horror they were sending our way. They unleashed this terrifying monster of two and ones. Yeah. Now, first of all, that is an extremely, I that that sure reeks of racism just in this statement that hot dog players, the hot dog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we know, we know who this guy's, we know who Dick Young's talking about here and that's not acceptable. Uh, but this is how it went down. The Astros and plus there is no need for that. It was just completely not necessary to add into this story. No, why did he even say it? It's weird. That was a dick move by Dick Young. No. But this is what happened. The Astros took a team vote before the season, which is weird. (laughs) And they decided to wear these monstrosities. Like, who takes a team Uh, vote as to, hey, what socks should we wear this this year, guys? But they did. Yeah, that was definitely a... Not real leadership, I think. <laughs> no, no individuality in, allowed. Uh, so they vote to okay. wear these, though. It's weird, though, because these two-in-ones are not exactly what we know today as two-in-ones, which is basically just, you know, that vertical stripe down the side. You never see the horseshoe. It's just a stripe. Right. What these were, it these actually included the horseshoe in both the front and the back. But oh, they were a little different. different because they were the same length in the front and the back versus, you know, the short side usually goes in the front and then the longer in the back. Right. This has the same length, so it looks kind of weird. There's no arches. It's all like straight lines. <laughs> so it's it's really not a good look. It, it's probably worse than the ones that we subtract in Wax Packs Heroes. I did not realize that this had been around for 35. Yeah, it's, it's been wreaking havoc upon baseball fans everywhere for longer than I thought. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Houston. <laughs> One more. <laughs> it's just, you know, another strike against us. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into kangaroo court right now before we get into, uh, into debuts. You have got some fines that need to be loved. What, uh, what are we working with? Yeah, I'm afraid. So, um, guess who's back? Slim yes, Shady. Marshall. And, and, well, Marshall, friend, Marshall, you're killing Marshall me. Marshall is back. Um, episode 86 at the 62 minute mark. <laughs> you picked a card from Waxbacks Heroes of Kevin McReynolds. Remember this? And um, the card on it said that he set the record for 21 stolen bases without being caught. Yes. Okay. And, and we thought that was weird. Yeah. All right. And then 
it didn't seem right to us, right? And you were like me, like Marshall even says, like me, uh, we're thinking of consecutive stolen bases. Mm-hmm. All right. What it really did mean is he uh, set a record for 21 steals in a single season and never getting caught. Oh, okay. okay. So, so it was actually different and, and was a great catch by Marshall. Uh, his suggestion is we're taking Topps Card Company to Kangaroo Court for being misleading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not a really great, it wasn't worded very clearly, was it? <laughs> exactly. Some information about that record. In 75, Davey Lopes set a record with 38 consecutive stolen bases. Wow. The actual record, okay, you were right. You said that Ichiro um, had 45, and that is correct. But the record, I'll give you three guesses, and one of them ain't Ricky Henderson. Uh, I'm going to say Tim Raines, because he always had the highest Stolen base percentage of, of base stealers. It was not rock. Not rock. One uh, more guess. I'm going to go with Vincent Van Gogh. You got it right there. He holds a record with 50 consecutive steals without getting caught. That's across two seasons. Not bad. I miss stolen bases. <laughs> I do too, man. Marshall says he suggests a fine of 21 cents for every one of the bases Stolen by Kevin McReynolds in nineteen eighty. Like twenty-one so. cents for all twenty-one, or twenty-one for each one. Well, I think it's twenty-one total, but I think it, it's built up, you know, ever since that card was printed. So we have to include interest. Oh. <laughs> I think it's like eight grand. Wow! So Kevin McReynolds, great. Yeah, 21. I'm looking at it. 21 steals, no caught stealing that year. The year before, he had 14 stolen bases and was only caught once. But his lifetime numbers are 93 steals and 32 caught. So it's about 75%, which is, that's good. I mean, that's yeah, right about what Ricky was at was about 75. And I'm saying about so that I can't get fined because I don't know off the top of my head what it was exactly. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> not bad. The year um, before that, the, the year before that, he stole eight and was caught six times. So he, he oh, improved yeah, his the, base stealing. Yeah, he improved yes. his base stealing as he, his career progressed. So good for gotcha. Big Mac. Well, but sir, you're not off the hook. I just want you to know you're not off the hook yet. Oh, no. I'm just going to read this uh, uh, to you. It says um, this issue was not in the episode itself, but the name of the episode. Uh-oh. The player highlighted in the episode and in the title is Ron LeFleur, L-E-F-L-O-R-E. <laughs> these interns. For some reason, you saw the French French derivation of the last name as being feminine rather than masculine. By spelling it as L-A, floor, second letter A, you made him a feminine uh, reference instead of a... Well, I think our interns, know, I mean, I, our interns are, are letting things slip. I would be willing to bet that our interns probably spelled that name incorrectly about 1,800 times last week. So <laughs> that's going to be a costly one. That is going to be a costly All one. Right. Yes, $4.55 based upon Ron's career stolen base total of four fifty-five. Wow. If spell check doesn't catch it, the interns don't see it. So that's a good catch. That's, a, that's embarrassing right there. Good catch. Well, well done, Marshall. And thanks for keeping us in line, man. That one's uh, on the interns, and I apologize for that. <laughs> we, we got six or seven dozen interns. <laughs> yeah, they come in and out. It's a highly sought after. They're all over the age of 75. That's the weird thing. 
All right, let's uh, let's get on. Uh, thank you, though, Marshall, for uh, keeping us on the straight and narrow. Let's get into our debut segment. There were zero debuts today. Uh, this is uh, debuting on October yeah. 20th. Nobody has made their debut this late in the postseason on this particular day. I do have a great baseball tidbit here for somebody that was born on today. In 1894, Toots Cone was born. Oh, Toots. Toots. Now, I think I'm saying his name right. C-O-Y-N-E. Coin. Cone. Coin. Toots Coin. Toots yeah, Coin. Sounds, sounds right to me. All right. So he was born in 1894. He appeared in a single game in 1914 for the Philadelphia A's. He went 0 for 2 with two punch outs. And that is it. That is everything about Toots on the entirety of the Internet. Toots Coin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know. I'm curious. His full name is Martin Albert Coin. Uh, I want to know how he got his nickname. <laughs> I kind of don't. <laughs> I want to think it's something to do with steamboats and steam whistles yeah, or something. I, I don't know. I would, I would hope and think so. Yeah. Uh, another guy was born today uh, in 1931. Not sure if you've heard of this guy, a Mickey Mantle. I think I heard of his brother. Yeah, Skip. Skip, yes, yeah, Skip Mantle. So Mickey Mantle was born today in 1931, as was Juan Marshall. So a couple of Hall of Famers right. and Toots Coin born today. And he had a great <laughs> motion. He's got a great statue outside of uh, Oracle Park. Really, it's, it's he was, great. He was quite an amazing pitcher. He really yeah, was. He really was. By the way, Mickey's yeah. dad named his son Mickey after Mickey Cochran. Not no kidding. not realizing that Mickey Cochran's that. real name was Gordon, not Mickey. <laughs> so, <laughs> named Which, after enough, it's Alf's real name. Alf's name is Gordon. Gordon you know, Shumway. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, so let me throw one in here about we're talking about real names. All right. A gentleman named Mark wrote in and said a little information on Pete Lecoq, which is one of your favorite names to say, and and one of Bob Gibson's least favorite batters to face. Pete Lecoq. Pete Lecoq's father was named Ralph Pierre Lecoq, but he was better known by his stage name, Peter Marshall. Really? From the Hollywood oh, Square. Wow. Yes. Peter Marshall is Pete Lecoq's dad. Wow. <laughs> I I was blown away by this. That is, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff we love on this show, right? The pop culture. Exactly. Stuff. So yeah. thanks to Mark for sending that in, man. You made my day. Mark, that is awesome. That's really good. <laughs> I, I went to double check it, and sure enough, there he is. It's, uh, so Ralph Pierre Lecoq is Peter Marshall's real name. All right, so let's uh, jump into trivia before we get to our guest. Uh, last week, I asked a question. I was positive nobody was going to get this, and I was, I was right. I seem to go between like super hard questions, and then the next week it'll be a little bit easier. This week is going to be a little bit easier. My question, though, last week was Ricky was never over. OK, let's just Ricky Henderson. I think if you've listened to the show before, when I say Ricky, you probably know <laughs> who we're talking about. But Ricky Henderson was never over three or worse against any catcher. Name the only two catchers who threw Ricky Henderson out both times they he tried to steal a base on him. So there were two catchers in Ricky Henderson's entire career that were two for two. When it came to nailing him, who were they? Yeah, I have absolutely no idea because these gentlemen only had two opportunities. I'm guessing neither of them played for a long career. Uh, that's actually false. 
One had a really good career, a really long career. The other one was around for probably a decade. I do want to give a shout out to, to, to Chris Cook, who has answered several of our questions before. He threw me a lot of answers. So he threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall and one of the noodles actually stuck. So he got one of them right. And that is Tom Pagnazzi. You remember Tom Pagnazzi? I remember him with yeah, the Cardinals, absolutely. I think, in particular. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Tom, and we used to say Pagnozzi, but I don't know if that's accurate. Tom Pagnazzi. He played for 12 years, all of which were with the Cardinals. Uh, obviously a catcher. See. The the other one was a, one of my favorite catchers because he was on the A's. It. Uh, I got a guess. You got a guess? Yeah. Was it Ron Hassey? No, <laughs> it was not. Okay, Terry Steinbach. Uh, no, it was not Terry Steinbach. It was Ramon Hernandez. Okay. Yeah, so Ramon wow. Ramon played in the... Actually, Ramon had a longer career than Pagnazzi. Ramon played for 15 years, five of which were with the A's, who he came up with. Uh, but uh, yeah, sure. so both of those catchers were two for two when Ricky tried to steal against them. Um, I want to keep it in the Ricky Henderson realm here. Because I got a ton of Ricky Henderson trivia, and uh, I like to ask these questions. Four players. This is next week's trivia question. Four players have stolen a base in four different decades. All right, I'm going to give you one of them. It's Ricky Henderson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three other players have stolen at least one base in four separate decades. Can you name them? Four separate decades. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I have some guesses, but I can't say I know for sure. I'm going to say one of them's probably pretty easy. The other two, probably not as easy. I mean, you, you probably just start to think about guys that had long careers and, and you can yeah. go from there. But uh, I think one will, will trip a lot of people up. My, I mean, the guys that come to mind are like Maury Wills and uh, let's see, Lou Brock, maybe. Just throwing some, some guys from, my, from before my time. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that those are answers, whether they're correct answers or not. I'm not gonna not gonna say, but uh, three guys that have stolen uh, stolen bases in four different decades, and uh, we'll get get to the answer next week. All right, let us now jump into the uh, main part of the show. We'll let the ground screw come out and uh, do their stuff. And uh, we had the chance to talk to a former player this week. Uh, this actually somebody vaguely related to Mark. You are related through marriage to, to Chris Snelling. Is that correct? No, no I'm related to friends through marriage. You're related to friends. So related to friends of Chris Snelling. Got it. All right. By well, well, Chris yeah. Snelling had a, had a five year career in the major leagues. It was uh, some tough rowing for Chris had a lot of injuries. He was a, a very highly thought of prospect, but injuries just kept him on the DL. A lot of times he's uh, had some interesting times. He was born in the U S he grew up in Australia. He has played in some interesting places and we had a chance to talk with him. So without further ado, Let's jump into our interview with former Major League Baseball player Chris Snelling. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us uh, here today. We really do appreciate it, and we're, we're glad to get the opportunity to talk with you. No problem, man. So, I, I, I got a, the first question for you. You are uh, you were born here in the United States, but you grew up in Australia. And uh, the, the first question that came to my mind, and, and Mark and I were just talking about this off, off mic, was... 
who do you think is the best Australian Major League Baseball player? Oh, that's a good question. I think, uh, I mean, everybody's probably going to say Dave Nielsen Mm -hmm. as far as numbers-wise. He's got to be up there and probably Graham Lloyd just with the numbers that he put in Um, and probably Graham Balfour. Yep. Um, But those are the guys that are coming off the top of my head. But, I mean, there's a lot of good Australian players that never really left Australia. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd just say those three guys. Those were those were the three that are first here on the list that came off the top of my head. Yeah, and the other thing is I'm sure there's some young guys like Liam Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's number four I've, on my list. <laughs> I've, been so, I've been so out of the game that uh, I, don't, I don't even know who's coming up anymore. So... I, uh, those are the three guys that I would say we were going to, we were going to ask you, did you uh, ever play with Ryan Roland Smith in Seattle? Uh, I, I don't know if I ever, I might've played against him in Australia when we were younger. I never played with him on a team though. Knew of him, uh, know him well. Got it. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was interesting. I, I actually even saw a picture of you as a child pitching. And I, I don't know if you know what picture I'm talking about, but I could have sworn it was a young Clayton Kershaw with that. You got the motion with your your knee up uh, up to your your chest almost. Back when I was like 14, 15, that's what I was trying to do was pitch. Obviously, it didn't work out very well for me, but I I, I cannot honestly remember a photo of me pitching. So <laughs> well, you've got that Clayton <laughs> Kershaw esque. Uh, motion down, which is pretty impressive. Maybe just the looks or something, but that's about it. Chris, I've heard you can turn the Australian accent on and off at will. Is that true? Uh, Yeah, mate. It comes and goes. Um, (laughs) The the funny thing about the accent for me is, you know, growing up in Miami, I had an American accent. And then when I went to school, I think it was like third or fourth grade in Australia – I was the weird kid with the weird accent, so I had to adapt and become Australian, Australianized, if that's even a word. And so I really started becoming an Australian, I guess, and and working on my accent. But the flip side of that is when I came back here when I was 16 in Arizona for spring training, you know, all I could afford was like a jumbo jack with cheese or something and i'd go to i'd go to jack in the box and i'd say i'll just give us a burger some chips and a a coke or something (laughs) and they would look at me so weird so then i had to flip it back and say oh it's time to speak american i guess but um (laughs) yeah i just the the other funny thing about my accent is when i when my mother calls like you know we talk at least you know week every once a week at least and I mean, it just it comes back on. How are you, mom? You know, and my wife will look at me like, what are you, who are you right now? But yeah. I'd... All right. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about your history here in the game. And uh, 2002 was your, was your uh, rookie year in the big league. So you're at the San Antonio missions in 2002. And uh, how did you, how did they break the news to you that you were getting a call up? I think they just called me in their hotel room and said, Hey, you're, you're starting in left field or right field tomorrow in, in Seattle. And I was like, okay. And yeah, it wasn't from what I recall, the coaches that I had had, I, you know, went through the uh, system with them. 
so I mean, it was exciting, but um, it wasn't. I'm, my memory isn't uh, the best, I guess. So all I remember <laughs> about that is, is that uh, when I landed in Seattle, a guy named Benny Looper, who was our, I believe he was the farm uh, coordinator or something for the minor leagues. Him and his wife picked me up on their 30th wedding anniversary, one of the major <laughs> wedding anniversaries. Picked me up at the airport, and I just had shorts and t-shirt, and I want to say I was wearing flip-flops. They took me to a men's warehouse to get some suits because I was oblivious to that kind of stuff. So <laughs> uh, that's about that's about the main memory of, of getting called up. Well, I bet you their stories about their 30th wedding anniversary are, are very you know, they're fun to tell to everybody. Well, yeah. And I still talk to Aaron. His son played in, uh, for Seattle and, uh, yeah, he brings that up all the time. He just <laughs> makes fun of me. Like, yeah, so. Well, I've got some information here. Your first game was May 25th versus Baltimore and, yep. uh, Travis Driscoll Driscoll was on the mound. Yep. I don't really remember Travis that much, but um, yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I know Travis. Oh, I don't know him, but I know what he throws. But yeah, <laughs> do you remember yeah. that that first at bat? I do remember the first at bat. It was the first pitch, and uh, I swung at it. I thought I hit it pretty good, but I hit you know too much topspin, and I want to say I flew out to the right fielder, and I remember the right fielder, maybe Jay Givens, Givens or something like that. But yeah, I, I remember. I remember the first at bat. I mean, it was first pitch and got out. And I think it took me maybe ten at bats to get my first hit. So I mean, it took me a lot longer than most. Yeah, it wasn't too long. It was uh, May twenty eighth against Ryan Roop in Tampa Bay. Yep, which, <laughs> wonderful stadium <laughs> to, to to have that kind of memory with. But but yep. the next day, you then hit your first home run. Do you remember who that was off? Uh... Man, if you told me his name, you'll probably kick yourself when I do. It, oh man, I don't. It's like the only. It's like the only uh, at that point Devil Rays pitcher I could remember around then. Tanyan Sturtz. Tanyan Sturtz. There you go. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> did you? Did you get the ball back? Uh, I did get the ball back. Um, yeah, I think I gave it to my mother. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. If I were to ask you. Who, who was the pitcher, and I've got a number here in front of me, who was the pitcher you had your best game against? Do you know who that was off of? God, I, I, there wasn't many good games that I had, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, anybody I got a hit off of ended up being a good game for me. Well, you went three for four against Jared Weaver with two home runs. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's not a that's not a bad guy to, to have that. success. Yeah, better than I thought. <laughs> no one could take that away from you. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Uh, growing up, who did you? Who was your favorite player? Who did you idolize or want to be like? My favorite player was Howard Johnson. Nice. Uh, no kidding. I, I do. I don't really. I don't. God, my memory's terrible. But when I say, because I always say, I don't really remember. Um, when I grew up in Miami, I wasn't a big baseball guy and I was a tennis guy. My dad was a tennis coach. So I, I wanted to be a tennis player. And so when we moved to Australia, uh, the tennis thing wasn't really working out the best. And so I decided to play baseball again. And one of the first games that I saw was the all-star game 
where, and I believe him and Bo Jackson hit back-to-back home runs. The one in California? I, can't, I, uh, I couldn't even tell you because it was one of the rare baseball games that was on Australian TV, the three channels that we had because um, <laughs> we just got electricity. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just fell in love with Bo Jackson and Howard Johnson. Um, I just I love the way Howard Johnson played. Um, and the fun, the cool thing about that was, and I, I feel like such a geek about it, um, when I was with the Nationals, I hit a home run against the Mets, and he was their hitting coach. And I want to say we won the game by double digits, but I'm I'm banging on their clubhouse door at the end of the game, and I want Howard Johnson to sign this baseball. <laughs> and I'm sure he wasn't exactly thrilled, but he ended up signing the baseball. So, yeah. <laughs> That's that's interesting. We had uh, we talked to a bat boy from the Nashville Sounds from last year, and Howard Johnson is the Nashville Sounds hitting coach right now. Okay, he was he was at the Comoraineers uh, a couple years ago, I believe. Yeah, I think um, he was a, the Mariners hitting coach for like half a season a couple of seasons ago as well. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I I couldn't tell you exactly why. Uh, my other than the you know watching him on TV, but I yeah I fell in love with him. He's also an all-star rib eater. If you remember on the back of one of his baseball cards, it mentioned that he won a Major League Baseball rib eating contest at some that point. That is fantastic. That is, fantastic. <laughs> that is probably something that I could do. <laughs> Did you, So you played for a couple of teams. You played for the Mariners most of your career and then uh, also the Phillies and uh, the A's briefly and um, uh, the Nationals. Did you, uh, so you played a little bit for the Phillies in 2008. Did you get a ring for that? Uh, Yeah. Um, I always feel like I didn't earn it. So it's kind of like, eh, I was part of the team for, um, you know, the regular season, but never did anything. And it wasn't on the roster in the World Series. So I didn't, I I don't know how to, I, cool thing about that is is uh i ended up playing in mexico the next year and um i had no idea about um getting a ring or anything like that but pat gillick showed up at my door and (laughs) (laughs) i was i wasn't there i was in mexico but um he took my brother and my wife out to dinner or lunch or one of them and and uh i thought that was pretty cool and classy so that is very classy. I lo- I've always loved Pat Gillick. Yeah. I thought you, yeah, you were going to say he showed up at your door in Mexico, and I'm like, that's... No, no, that's, no. I, yeah. That is dedication. <laughs> it's like the Stanley Cup <laughs> making it around the world, you know, for a day. <laughs> so, Chris, I, I have to beg to differ with you a little bit on your time with the Phillies because you only had four at-bats, but you had two really um, important hits. The Phillies won the division by just three games, and you had a, you had a pinch hit home run off of Jose Valverde who was closing for the Astros and and that ended up uh being a pretty big comeback right uh one of the more exciting games uh that I was involved in um and even if I was sitting on the bench um I will say that Phillies team as far as just being a team uh full of guys that wanted to win and cared about each other was probably um the, one of the best teams that I've witnessed um yeah so yeah it, it, it was uh those were fun times 
So let's talk about your time in the Mexican League, uh, because we've had several guests on that have spent some time uh, in that league, and they all have some uh, rather interesting stories about bus trips and uh, just uh, having team dinners in in small towns where everybody comes out and and feeds you and so forth. Did you have any anything you remember like that that stands out from your time in Mexico? Uh, I. I loved Mexico. Um, it was at uh, the tail end of my career. When I when I say that, I mean I feel like I, in my mind, I still wouldn't mind playing, but I physically wasn't able to pretty much run anymore. And I just loved, I loved the culture there. I loved the fact that they just let you play. And half the time I didn't know what they were saying and they didn't know what I was saying, but we were playing baseball and that's all that really mattered. So. I really enjoyed it over there. Um, the food's amazing. People are amazing. I got there. I, yeah, I, I loved it. One of your heroes is Master Yoda, of course. And um, I know you used to carry around a Yoda doll. Do you still have that thing? Yeah, I still got it. Um, I right went, on. Yeah, I carried it on on plane rides, bus rides, everywhere. It was more of a superstitious thing for me with flying. I'm, I'm the worst flyer in the history oh. of and I cannot stand it. And I, I, he kept me safe. And as far as the Yoda thing, I just, I like his phrase, the whole try not do or do not. There is no try. Uh, and, and the way I interpret that is, you know, anybody can say that they're going to do something or going to be something. And, you know, and anybody can say they're really trying, but there's always a question mark is, are they really or something like that? So that's why I, I like that. I still, I mean, I got a life-size Yoda doll. I mean, it's nice. <laughs> did you have that one through your whole career or did you upgrade or, or find a new one every now and then? The Yoda doll that I had that flew with me, it's still with me. And I still, uh, there's times where I, st- I mean, I rarely fly now, but when I do, I make sure that that, that thing is with me. That's awesome. We need to get you that <laughs> that backpack that that looks like Yoda, so it looks like you know it's Luke carrying him in the Dagobah. <laughs> yeah, nice carry on right there. That's a good idea. <laughs> so I, yeah. I have to ask you, Chris, and I, I haven't asked anyone this question yet before on the show, but are you a fan of the Mandalorian? I, to be honest with you, I haven't seen it. Oh, well, it's, it's got I, a nice little Yoda guy in. I don't have the Disney Plus channel. Um, I, it's not even the Star Wars thing that I'm big on. It's just Yoda himself. Um, yeah. But I have the baby Yoda, and yes, and my kid carries him everywhere. So that tradition is passed on. <laughs> That's nice. Awesome. Well, I'm sure Jeff Jeff will be happy to give you his sign on and password for Disney Plus, right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's, it's it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I got another question about Australia for you. And uh, so 2009 World Baseball Classic, you uh, you played for Team Australia. And I found another picture. I was I was stalking you through the Internet here, to, uh, preparing for this, looking up pictures. And there is a picture uh, of you from one of those games in the World Baseball Classic that you either look like Roy Hobbs at the end of the natural when he's his stitches are burst and he's bleeding, or you just met Freddy Krueger on the on-deck circle. The back <laughs> of your jersey is just covered in blood. What happened? I have no idea. I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, probably, I probably fell over somewhere and, and cut myself running in after three outs or something. I honestly, I, I couldn't... <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but that was that was quite a common theme for me as far as when I slid and I, I I wasn't very good at any of that kind of stuff. So I would I mean they always get cuts on me. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it has to do with just your style of play, which was one hundred percent one hundred percent of the time. That's one thing I always enjoyed about watching you is that you you know, you put your head down and you played baseball. And it was, that was, you know, I wish more people had that kind of an attitude because you were gung-ho out there, man. And it was fun I, to watch. Yeah. And I think uh, the older I've gotten, you get a little bit more perspective on it. Um, I played that. I think you, for me, I had to play that way because honestly, I mean, I believed in myself and had all those things, but I, I knew I wasn't the fastest or the best or hit the ball the furthest or the hardest, or the most consistent or any of that kind of stuff. So the only way that I could play and, and prove myself to people was to, to play that kind of way. But when I say the older, older, I get a bit more perspective, you know, I've had a total knee replacement and my body hurts and I'm definitely paying yeah. the price, but I, I might've played longer if I didn't play that way. So I, I don't know, but in the same sense, I don't know if I ever would have been any good if, uh, if I, you know, took a day off or something and didn't, didn't run out of ground sure. ball back pitcher. Sure. Right. And, and you know what, it's, um, the thing is, is that, uh, with, with that style, it's hard to turn it off to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, I, I've never been a, a great ball player, but my dad instilled in me that you give a hundred percent because I same idea. I didn't have the talent that everyone else did, but once you get into that zone, it's hard to turn it off. You can't turn off the hundred percent. Well, I, yeah, I just don't think I would have uh, been very good at that. I mean, I was, I mean, to be honest with you, when I was playing and probably part of the reason why I don't remember, uh, you know, games and stuff like that. I was just, I mean, it was always the next at bat for me. And, um, you know, how could, how could, how could I get him rather than him get me? And so, and I just thought that 24 seven, that's all I, that's all I thought about. I don't really remember pitchers, pitchers names, but I, I remember what they throw. If I close my eyes, I can see it. And I don't know if that's a good attribute or not, but, um, that's all, that's all I cared about. Nice. Now, did you play in the 2013 World Baseball Classic too? I did. I tried to. I tried to come back, and and I ended up playing. Well, one, my dad had colon cancer in 2012, so I went home to Australia and kind of um, hung out with them for a while. And then um, uh, the Australian League was going on. I was like, oh, maybe I could play, and um, you know, played played all right. I mean, it was the first time I'd played and three or four years. So ended up making the team. And, um, I think I got hurt, you know, a week before that something hurt. I don't know what it was, but, um, I think I played, had one at bat or two at bats in that, that tournament, but, um, didn't end the way I would have liked it, but yeah, played in it. We've talked about the Australian league quite a bit. One, because yeah. during the off season, we, we watch those games on a lot of them are on YouTube, but also we've been, uh, we, we talked about just recently a couple of uh, guys that have been in the major leagues recently or have signed to play with the ABL this year. Like um, Eric Young Jr. is going to be playing down there. Okay. Well, I know Manny Ramirez or something was. Yeah, no, yeah, he is there. signed. He is signed. And uh, actually, Felix Hernandez was talking about maybe signing since he opted out of this season here in, in the MLB. 
And wow. uh, I, I would love to see some some big name guys like that go down there and kind of get kind of a good way to get ready for spring training in a, in a month or two after that season's over. Yeah. Well, back in the day, the ABL used to be affiliated. Each team was affiliated. I don't know if they're fully affiliated like they were back, you know, in the in the in the 90s. But they we used to get some unbelievable players like Vernon Wells. Um, he was a center fielder when he was 18. I want to say I was like 15 or 16 playing right field next to him. And I want to say he made it to the big leagues the next year. Um, so it's a good, it's, it's a little different than it used to be, but, um, there's, there's good quality players down there, man. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. And I, I'm, I'm in the Bay area. I'm a big A's fan. So I'm a big Liam Hendricks fan. And he talks a lot about baseball in Australia and, and so forth. So that's, that's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. So I got a couple of questions here that I like to ask all the, the players that we have on here. And uh, if you don't, you don't remember, that's fine. I just like to ask <laughs> them cause we've gotten some good answers. Uh, what was the first thing you ever got fined for in a kangaroo court? Well, I, my first day in spring training, um, I rocked up with no collar and had a skateboard in my hand <laughs> for each one. And I had no clue about either one of them. And then that same day I started hitting batting practice with my metal bat. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know we used, we used, uh, you know, wooden bats. Nobody told me that. And I think I, I got detained that first day. So, um, <laughs> I'm serious. I, 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 the police came at my, my door in the middle of the night, man. It was crazy. <laughs> that is by far the best answer we've gotten. <laughs> uh, do you remember the, the funniest thing a fan ever yelled at you during a game? I do. And it was when I was playing in Australia back in 2013 and I hadn't played a game in Australia in the ABL in probably 13 years. So they, I'm not saying, you know, fans would know me, but if they did, they knew me as a 18 year old kid back then. And so when I rocked up, I'm like 33 or 34 and I stepped into the box and the guy goes, Hey, Snelling, you're older than Jesus. And <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. All right. And then my, my final question is, uh, what's the best prank you ever saw pulled? Either you did it or someone pulled on you. Um, God, I don't know if I could repeat them. Um, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I probably can't answer those questions. Um, <laughs> I never was a prankster, but there's definitely guys that would uh, like to get people. <laughs> All right. And then uh, was there was there ever a the, the first player once you got called up, first player that you were nervous around, somebody that you're like, oh, my God, that's Ken Griffey Jr. Or that's, you know, Mike Piazza. Um, I wouldn't say nervous. Um funny thing about you know when you're growing up and you idolize these people and you finally meet them you realize like whoa they're just another human being but um when i was playing my one of my first spring big league spring training games i got a hit uh versus the white Sox, 
and I want to say they were in Tucson at the time. Yep. Um, and Frank Thomas was on first base and I had this guy on my wall when I grew up. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a couple of swear words, but I was like, Holy, you know, <laughs> you're Frank Thomas. And he kind of looked at me like I was an idiot, but, uh, I, yeah, that's probably when I was, wouldn't say nervous, but excited or one of them. Well, I, I hope that, I hope you weren't just staring at him and got caught, you know, picked off first or something. And <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I just I don't even think I got my lead. I just kept staring at him because he's a, he is a, a very well built human being. He's and, not small, uh, much much larger than me, and I, I was just amazed at uh, at uh, yeah how how big he was. <laughs> I'm just curious, you, uh, Chris, you had the opportunity to play for Lou Pinella. Can you give us like a little idea of what Lou is like as a manager? Uh, the little time when I, I mean, I, I spent spring training with them pretty much the whole spring training until I broke my thumb or one of my fingers. Um, and he was, I don't like using the phrase old school because I don't exactly know what old school is. Uh, but people seem to use that a lot on him. He's just, uh, I, I think he cares a lot about winning baseball games. And on that level, I, I mean, I, I appreciated it. He believed in me. But as far as stories, there was one time in Tampa Bay, and you got to think, I've, I'm 20 years old and, and new to this whole big league thing. I think we were losing, and he he proceeded to cover home plate and get ejected and uh i had never seen anything like that before and you got to remember there's 20 plus thousand people in the stands and i'm hitting leading off the next inning and they got a little batting tunnel down there and i got my helmet and he's sitting inside that room and he's like hey my parents were in the stands watching me do that are they do you think they're embarrassed by me and i i, I didn't know i didn't know what what to think i was like I got to go hit, man. <laughs> thing, but, um, I wouldn't say I know him very well, but the, you know, the month that I spent time with him, I mean, he just, he's passionate about baseball. He loves his guys. And I think it shows on the field when he was managing and playing. I don't, I never saw him play, but I'm sure it was a reflection of that too. Yeah. I've heard he had the, uh, he had that 100% gung ho style too, which does not surprise me. Here's here's one for you, Chris, who, in your opinion, who's the best player you ever saw? Ever saw, not played with, just ever saw. Um, sure. I would yeah. say How about both? Barry Bonds, hands down, for me was. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't. I, I think he's by far the greatest baseball player ever. For right now. I mean, yeah. Mike tried to take that one day, but uh, yeah. incredible. I just remember in 99, our first. God, he was taking batting pra- practice somewhere. And I had to watch him. And I mean, he was hitting baseballs like they were golf balls compared to everybody else. And it was just amazing to me. I was just absolutely amazed at how how good he was. All right. So, Chris, uh, we've got a segment here that we uh, call Wax Packs Heroes. Gotta pull a wax pack hero. Podcast tonight. 
And with this, we open up a pack of baseball cards with our guests. We are opening up a 1991 pack of score. I've got a whole box of these. So we, we open up this one when we have guests so we can we can compare scores. We look them up in a May 1992 Beckett baseball card monthly so that there's some value to these because they're not really worth a whole lot now. Uh, we do have a couple of extra rules, though. If you are wearing uh, two-in-one stirrups, that's a minus one cent right off the bat. I, did you wear real stirrups or did you wear the, the two-in-ones? No, I didn't wear any of those. Didn't I wear. just wore socks, yeah. I, didn't, I still don't understand those things. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're wearing <laughs> real stirrups and we can see it, you get an extra cent because we like that. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> and if, uh, if you are sporting a mustache, because a lot of guys were around this time, you get an extra cent. Perfect. If you're a Hall of Famer, you get an extra five cents. And uh, we're going to do something special for you. If we pull a, anybody that is Australian, I'm going to give you an extra 10 cents. Oh, fantastic. So that could be that could be a big, uh, a big. And what year is this? This is again? 1991. If you've got any stories or remember anything about any of these guys, that's we're just here to kind of talk about them and reminisce. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of somebody that played around there. I'm going to say Gary Thurman. That's who I'm going to get. All right. Well, it, I'll give you an extra five cents if we get a Gary Thurman, just because you mentioned him. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start. It's a you call it rule. Yes. This is. <laughs> uh, you're going to start off with a pitcher for the New York Yankees. It is Alan Mills. Never heard of him, mm. but he must have been pretty good. <laughs> I, I remember him. I remember him briefly. He didn't do much. He's wearing real stirrups, though. So you got you got that going for you. All right. How much is he worth? Uh, I'm going to guess he's not worth anything being Alan Mills, but we'll look here. Yeah, nothing there, but you you do get the one cent for, uh, well, actually he's got a mustache too. It looks like, yeah, I, I'm, look at that. that's two cents right off the bat. So that's not bad to, to crack the top 10. You only need 44 cents. So <laughs> if you keep this up, you're, you're, you're on pace. Next, we've got a pitcher for the Minnesota twins who is sporting an incredible mustache. It is Tim Drummond. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Wasn't he? Wasn't he the dad on uh, yeah, that show? I was gonna say we <laughs> made we made that joke last week about different strokes yeah. when we pulled him. <laughs> that's it. He did. He had different strokes for different pitches. That's all I can say. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the good news again for you—he's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. So these cards aren't worth anything, but uh, you're getting some some ancillary points here. Okay. Uh, this is a name I, I, I'm guessing you will know. Uh, he was a stalwart in that bullpen for the Braves uh, with Glavin and Maddox and Smoltz and everybody. It's Kent Merker. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember. But his car's got to be worth a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hate to break this to you. <laughs> uh, no, not now. He's considered a common. Uh, but he's got real stirrups. So you get you get one cent there. You're at five cents. Next, we've got. We get this guy quite a bit. A big guy for the Baltimore Orioles. First baseman, Randy Milligan. Had some good pop. They, then his card work <laughs> must be worse. <laughs> good amount. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I hate to again break the news to you, but no. Uh, but he's got a real mustache. Uh, but he had, some good, he had some good numbers. He had good, uh, some good pop. Uh, this is a special card. It says Master Blaster, and it is part of the Pacific Stock Exchange for the Giants. It's Kevin Mitchell. 
I love Kevin Mitchell. That uh, we, we like to make fun of him for overrunning that ball in left field and then having to catch it with uh, with his hand. bare hand. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That was, that was always That's impressive. Fortune. Well, it is. It is two cents. And uh, he's got a mustache as always, and he's got real stirrups. So that's a four cent card right there. So Fantastic. you're in double digits now at 10 cents. Back to back, you got another special card. This one says Rifleman. And boy, we've talked about this guy's arm from the outfield. Here with the Yankees, Jesse Barfield. Oh, man. Just a gun of an arm. Yeah, that guy had a had a cannon, but no value, but... You're on a streak, though, because he's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache, which doesn't happen that, that you get that much. So you're up to 12 cents. Fantastic. It's the all stirrup team, man. Yeah, it is. And here's here's another one with real stirrups. This was one of my favorite Phillies. I always thought this was his entire last name, not his full name. It is Vaughn Hayes. I, yeah, I don't remember these these guys. I, I, or I should remember them. Well, I think you were playing. You were probably, I mean, this is from, yeah, you weren't, we probably weren't in the minors yet, but you were playing. So it's kind of hard to to know some of these guys, I think, but he's got, he's got real stirrups on. He played forever for the Phillies. I think he ended up on the Red Sox, but uh, he had 20 home runs a year. He was a good, uh, good power guy. That is a phenomenal career. His card's got to be worth something. Uh, Well, it's worth the one (laughs) cent. (laughs) Yeah, not worth anything in Beckett. (laughs) <laughs> this one I know Mark will give you a nickname for this guy. Got a good mustache. He's got real stirrups. Pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, Dan Petrie. <laughs> uh, that's too easy, man. Yeah, it's uh, Dan Petrie dish right there. Yeah, I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> but his car's got to be worse. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to just, I need a button that just says, I hate to break it to you. Um, but he's got real stirrups and a mustache. That's why we give extra cents for those things, because around this time, everybody had them. So you are at 15 cents. Next, I'm guessing uh, this is not going to get you much. Uh, Jeff Pico, pitcher for the Cubs. Yeah, no no recollection. No. Jeff Pico de Gallo? Is that? Can we go with oh, that nickname? Okay. I could, I could play that game. Okay, yeah. Let's I like see. that. If you've got a nickname, go for it. Yeah. This guy was a incredible shortstop for the Pirates. He was teammates with Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla and Doug Drabeck and on those teams is Jay Bell. Yes. Yes. I know him. Don't know him personally, but I know him as a player. Isn't he a coach now or something? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe so. Yeah. I, I remember Jay Bell's defense was pretty stellar. Yeah. And uh, he was also on that. He was on the Diamondbacks late in his career. He was on that uh, 2000 and was it 2002 Diamondbacks team when they won the World yeah. Series? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but <laughs> he does have real stirrups, though. So you get, you're going to get one cent there. OK, this one should be a this one should be a good nickname. And I'm guessing you probably have heard this name before. Frank Tanana, pitcher for the Tigers. Do not recall don't yeah i can't help you out with with any of these man well frank tanana pitched forever uh he was a lefty so that is part of the reason but he was a starter forever uh he made his debut in 73 and he still got a card in 1991 i'm guessing uh, frank's not gonna be worth anything in beckett but he has got a mustache or no he doesn't that's a shadow but he does that have is, real uh, by the way 
That's Frank Tanana Daiquiri, just so we remember. I was going to go with Frank Tanana Boat, but... Nice. All right, this one uh, is uh, somebody that Mark will tell us a story about. It is third baseman for the Twins, Gary Gaetti. <laughs> oh, Gary Gaetti was a great guy. He, uh, he liked to sit on that third baseline, man. I've never seen anybody turn so many triple plays in my life. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he nicknamed the rat? There was the white rat was Whitey Herzog, but it wasn't, wasn't Gary Gaetti just yeah, the rat? He was, he, it, it was that schnoz of his that just came, kind of gave him the appearance of the, uh, you know, the lead from the nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> and he won, uh, he won two world series with the twins, both in, he did. Uh, in uh, 87 and was it 90, 91? But uh, yeah, no value, yep, unfortunately, yep. there. Next, we've got a uh, pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, Melito Perez. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm hoping it's worth more than two cents. Well, it's worth one cent, so <laughs> you got... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This is a this is not a good pack. I'm not gonna lie. We've we've had better packs than this. Um, you're down to your final three cards here. Uh, first one is, and I've got a good nickname here. If Mark doesn't steal it, Larry Sheets, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers. That's uh, Larry dancing in the sheets. I was gonna go with Larry three sheets to the wind. Wow. <laughs> This is this is kind of one of our superpowers. Is coming up with uh, nicknames here. No value in Beckett, but he's got a mustache. I'll, I'll tell you for something for somebody that's only had one card that scored in in Beckett. You've got twenty cents, which isn't bad. Okay, that's a lot of mustaches and stir- stirrups right there. <laughs> this guy was uh, played for quite a while for the Red Sox in the middle infield, always with a great mustache. But he's wearing the two and ones. It's Jody Reed. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's a that's a two cent mustache almost, but uh, no value there. And those two and ones will yes. cancel out your mustache money. Yeah, Chris. Uh, but Jeff does have the right to bestow a two cent mustache instead of a one cent <laughs> if the individual has a Tom Selleckish Tom Selleck esque look to him. Yeah. If it did you ever did you ever sport facial hair in the in the big leagues? No. Well. No, I, God, I never really cared too much either way. I mean, like I said, I just never looked in the mirror, man. <laughs> that, I wish I had that policy about myself. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, your final card of this pack, and I'm wondering, it's, it's not a Hall of Famer, but it's the brother of a Hall of Famer. It is uh, outfielder here for the uh, Dodgers. It is Chris Gwynn. Oh, oh got yes. It. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, no, uh, that is not worth anything in Beckett, but he's got a mustache on there. So, All right, so what's my total? Well, I, you can, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything you could purchase with 21 cents these days. But am, I the, am I in the top 10? No, you're not. Um, uh. I think you might actually be uh, our lowest scoring former player. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. It was it was not you, man. It was a terrible pack. Yeah, that was that was not a good pack. I apologize for it. that. I'm good with it. Uh, but it is good news. We do take all these cards and we donate them to cards for kids, which uh, gives you know gives baseball cards to kids that might otherwise not have them and, and get them interested in baseball. So they go to a good a good place. Awesome. But uh, there we go. 
Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, for playing with us. I'm sorry we couldn't get you on that top 10 list, but uh, we appreciate you playing with us and we really appreciate you uh, stopping by and talking with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, man. It was fun. All right. So thank you again, Chris Snelling. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I really wish we could have had a better pack of cards. <laughs> Boy, I, I tell this, you what, man, that was a bummer. Yeah, I, I bought this whole box of these just thinking, OK, if we just have all of our former players open from this box, you know, it'll be an even score. But except for uh, Richie Schaefer's pack, these have been awful, awful. Yeah. Yes, maybe possibly resealed. We don't know for sure. No, We're these are saying. score. These are score. So we know that they're uh, not. The score we can't. Yeah, yeah you can see right. You can't reseal those. Nope. I've tried. <laughs> for some reason, you can never hey, resell them. A special thanks I want to throw out to a listener Kevin for helping us get uh, that Snelling interview set up. Oh, thank you very much, Kevin. Yeah, we do appreciate it. Hey, and if anybody else has some uh, former major leaguers that are in their sphere of uh, friends, family acquaintances and uh you want to help us out we'd always appreciate it you can play show booker yeah you can uh, we will give you a production credit let us start to wrap up the show though we'd like to thank everybody for listening as we always do if you want to you know leave a review or give us five stars if you want to give us anything less than five stars just Go on with your day. Have a Coke and a smile. It's, we appreciate the thought, but uh, yeah, keep okay. it to yourself. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, uh, if you want to tell your friends, your family about the show, that's great. We would uh, also like to remind you that you can find us on social media. We are at Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise on both Twitter and Instagram. I will admit that our, our interns have been a little lax on Instagram lately. But uh, give them some slack. Yeah. They're, they're too busy misspelling players' names in show notes. So they've got their... Well, now it's going to take even longer because we're going to make them look up every single name, yeah. even if it's just Henderson. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, S-E-N, S-O-N, two S's. There you go. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. But uh, beyond that, Mark, you also uh, like to keep uh, keep track of our electronic mailbox where people can uh, send yes. electronic uh, mail uh, parcels to us. Do you want to tell them how to do that? Sure. You can email us at two strike noise, spell it out. T W O strike noise at gmail.com. I guarantee an answer to every email. I like to sit there and answer them all day long. It's fun. He even answers the spam. So you can, if you're going to yeah, sign us up for some weird uh, mailing list, he will answer. <laughs> Until Everyone. he makes the interns so, do it. Yes. All right. Uh, we want to thank everybody again for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next week for a special Halloween episode. It might be spooky. Ooh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe not. We will hopefully see everybody back next week on another episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. 